Hello and welcome to this week's Limerick Voice Talking Sports podcast. My name is Ryan Bailey and in this episode we're heading down the soccer route. My guest is Matt Hayes, former UL journalism student and founder of the Matt Hayes Tottenham blog. Over the next 15 minutes you'll hear us chat about content creation, application of college skills to work and of course a bit of football too. Yeah, uh, like I said, uh, my name's Matt. Um, I was I was in UL uh, for a couple of years, but uh, at the moment I'm working in Stats Perform. Um, I'm a I'm a senior analyst there for them doing the the data collection for uh, the a lot of different leagues around yeah, around Europe and around the world. But I have a YouTube channel as well uh, called Matt Hayes Totten Blog that I've been running for uh, a couple of years, and it's just uh, it started out as a as a nice little hobby and a side, but it's become one of my uh, one of my main projects. And I've I've been lucky enough to grow a following, nearly 12,000 subscribers on there. Um, and I'm just looking forward really to talking about the journey and stuff. Good stuff. And I want to get into the the journey, as you said, but just talk to me about stats, first of all, before we go into the Tottenham blog side of things. Um, you work in stats, so you're you're basically being paid to watch the games, but watch them in more detail as well. Yeah, pretty much. It's it, uh, living the dream, being paid to watch football. Um, it's uh, look, Obviously, there's a, a bit more to it than that, and all like kind of admin and, and normal office side of stuff, but... I go into work four or five days a week and I sit down and I watch, you know, sometimes it is the, the English League 1 and League 2, which would be kind of our main leagues, but uh, you get to branch out and to you know, kind of spread your knowledge in a whole lot of different leagues, like the, the Korean leagues, we do Thailand, uh, we do Norway, Belgium, all these kind of obscure leagues that you wouldn't really uh, hear too much about. I'm, I'm lucky enough to, to get to watch those. And you, I think the, the best thing about the leagues like that is you get to see these these really strange moments that, that happen in these kind of lower quality leagues. Like you have these, uh, often you see players in uh, the Korean league, they get you know, one of those a little golf carts come off, stretch them off the pitch and they get up and run back onto it. Or you see these like random goals from the halfway line in Qatar the whole time. It is the you get to see the the, the really good and the really bizarre side of football, and it's a uh, like I said, it's the, the dream job. Yeah, and so do, do stats supply the, the the stats for like Google say, or where would you get where would it mainly be for? Or the team, like we have certain clubs that will be clients, and that the the data we collect will be going straight to them. Or uh, we have different kind of broadcasters around the world, and uh, I think a lot of the time companies just kind of buy certain packages, I suppose, and, and use them in, in particular analyses of, of whatever. But you'll, you'll you'll see the stats everywhere, I suppose. Yeah. Okay, so Tottenham blog, you set up the Tottenham blog. How you said what? Two, just over two years ago, was it? Yeah, it was uh, May 2019 when I set that up. So the, it was actually the week before we played Liverpool in the Champions League final, which is, uh, in hindsight, <laughs> wasn't a very good time to set it up. Um, and it was kind of the, the buzz and the, the love around the club at that time. And my dad, unfortunately, is a is a Liverpool fan. So when I was trying to talk to him about the final, there was uh, quite a few conflicts of uh, of ideas and opinions. So with that many Spurs fans around the place in Ireland, I decided just to you know sit in front of my camera and uh, and say what I thought needed to be said. And, and thankfully, and for some reason, people on the other side uh, decided to watch it and decided to comment and, and start that interaction. And uh, I haven't really looked back since. You know, I'm, I have taken breaks from the, the channel every now and then, but when I do it, it's, it's just the best thing ever because it, it builds this community that, like I said, I, I don't really have um, outside of the channel. Cause in, you know, in, in Limerick especially, but in Ireland, you have everyone's a United fan or a Liverpool fan and you might get the odd Arsenal or Chelsea fan. So kind of to have that connection from my own bedroom, speaking to uh, so many different Spurs fans is, uh, is something I never really thought I'd have, to be honest. Because it's... It, like fan accounts are something that have come very common uh well not very common but they're more popular than they were ha- than they were say five years ago like you look at the it was a full-time devils was the united one arsenal fan tv all these different all these different channels but tottenham was one that i had never actually heard of a, of a fan account there obviously are some but until yours started up i didn't really know them so talk to me about the different fan accounts like in ireland say straight off um 
that are that are Tottenham fan accounts? Is there a good few of them or? Um, there's, oh God, at the top of my head is only uh, one other that I can really think of. And it's actually a, a good friend of mine, the, the Irish Hotspur, the, the channel is um, David Harris is his name. Um, and it actually kind of came, he was coming on as a guest on my channel and kind of uh, broke off into his own channel there. But um, off the top of my head, I, I can't think of any other uh, Irish Spurs fans. But I suppose talk about Tottenham uh, fan channels in general, the main one is uh, We Are Tottenham TV, who are uh, uh, brothers over in London who've been running their channel, I think maybe for, for four or five years now. And I think the entire Tottenham YouTube community really owe you know, what has kind of come uh, for for us personally to those lads because they used to always have fan shows where just anyone could call in uh, to, to have their say about Spurs. And I think a lot of people kind of found the love for um, basically talking to the camera about Tottenham and there. And there's probably 15, 20, 25 different Spurs fan channels up there now uh, that kind of spawned off of that one. And I, I've been lucky enough to um, actually go over to Ben and Sim in London. They uh, they brought me over for the, the Carabao Cup final to, to run a watch along from uh, just around the corner from Webley Stadium, which I think got over 400,000 views, which I mean is... It's, it's kind of crazy when you think about it but in Ireland there's not too many of us but you don't have to look too far to, to find a couple of dozen others yeah and so, so you started and you have been working over say like Zoom or Microsoft Teams or whatever it may be um, given the timing of and I don't like to talk too much about COVID especially on podcasts we hear about it enough but given the timing of it and how Zoom Microsoft Teams these sort of companies started to build and people started to use them more it was handy, let's say, for the lads, as you said, over in London to connect with them and connect with other people around the world and you get to know so many more people and talk to them, whether it be on a podcast or on the on a YouTube channel, like you said. Yeah, it's 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 a crazy thing. I think, you know, you can you can talk about the, the negative sides of, of social media as much as you want and you know the conversation is there to be had. I think it needs to be had, but there's a lot of positives that, that come from that as well. And there's, there's people that I would genuinely call friends that, you know, they may live in London or they may live in Canada or the USA or Australia, whatever it is. And it's, it's just so easy to to connect nowadays. And thankfully, like you said, we do have these, you know, Zoom, Microsoft, it's, it's StreamYard that I use, which I think is the most popular one probably in the um, in the YouTube sphere. But it's uh, it's kind of mad when you think about it, how easy it is to, to really grow those uh, connections and relationships with the people all around the world. But it, it's a privilege to be able to, to share that with them. Absolutely, yeah. So talk to me about, you, you touched on the, the, the negative side to YouTube and, and social media and everything. Uh, you think... A fan account that it'd just be let's say if there, if there are negative comments say on a video of yours something that it'd be you know nearly kind of it'd be you call it banter probably between fans or a difference of opinions or is it yeah. is it that sort of stuff if there are to be comments or like do you find that no matter what it is you're putting up online that there will be some negative comments <laughs> Yeah, I, I think it is, unfortunately, uh, an inevitability with, with putting stuff up online. And it, it doesn't happen at, at first. It's kind of when you start to get a, um, a kind of a bit of attention. There, there's always be one or two people. It's like, oh, well, I don't like that. And, you know, if, if I say something about Spurs, you know, if I put out this outrageous opinion, which I, which I quite often do, um, I, I expect to get a bit of backlash. And I expect people to say, well, I don't agree with you and this is why. But there just seems to be some people out there that seem that have to make everything personal. And, yeah. you know, if they disagree with an opinion and they, they bring it as far as they want. And it... it goes everywhere you know we, we've even saw if you want to look what happened in England at the Euros the way a few players missed a penalty that they were obviously upset about and it, it became this entire thing where um, racism was at the fore and it, it, it's just going to be in, in every branch of life but I feel like in social media there's that ability to hide behind uh, a pseudonym or uh, you know a, a picture of your favourite players your profile picture and, and no one will ever really know that it's you and uh, that's just kind of something you to some extent have to accept uh, if, if you are going to be in this sphere but 
you also have to try and try and fight it in some way. Like if I, if I get a negative comment, if I think it's just a stupid point of saying that someone's angry at something else for and taking it out online, I'll ignore it. But at times I kind of fight back and it's like, what, what's what's the point? I remember seeing um a, a tweet where I, I'm on Twitter as well and I often kind of tweet out the, the latest Tottenham news. If, you know, say Fabrizio Romano comes out and says we're in talks with this player, I'll tweet it out and credit to Romano. And there's a lot of accounts that do that. And a lot of accounts that really do put a lot of work into that. And they'd be putting up 50, 60, 70 tweets every day. Uh, keeping as far as fans up to date with that. I remember seeing a tweet one time where this guy tagged all of those accounts and was like, oh, I'm muting these there. They're full of crap. They're only, you know, they're spouting off their own things just for followers, this, that, and the other. And he tagged all the accounts in it. And I just went back, I was like, why, what, what's the point in tagging them? Saying, oh, I'm blocking all these, you know, I don't want them. It's like, if that's your opinion, if you don't want to listen to them, don't. But don't, there's no need to like put that to someone who is a person. You know, you don't know what that person's going through, but like actually having to tell them you're useless. I don't like you. I want you off my feed. It's just that sort of, uh, pettiness, I call it more than anything, that uh, I, I sometimes bite back at, which I probably shouldn't. Yeah, I, I, and as we said, it just it comes in every form of whether it be YouTube or, as you said, on Twitter as well. Um, so just we'll go back again, and as I said before, we will be bouncing around topics. We'll go back <laughs> to the start of uh, setting up the YouTube channel. Before it was before, as you said, the Tottenham Liverpool Champions League final. Um, did you think that it was going to be like a weekly thing or did you have any plan or was it just like, a, here, I'll throw up this video and go for it, see how it goes and sure whatever happens, happens? There was absolutely no plan whatsoever on that. It was it was literally just, I was bored. Uh, my dad has actually always been telling me, because I, I, I kind of written for, for Facebook pages and uh, some websites in the past and I always like had that interest in journalism and in that interest in, in talking about Tottenham mainly. And when I was writing things, I, I just kind of found it hard to, to get an opinion across in you know, in a short space of time or briefly, you have to write so much to say what you wanted to say in video. It could be a little bit different. And I put that first video up and I wasn't expecting anything from it. I think I got a, a thousand views in the first couple of days and I quickly found out that wasn't going to be the case with every video. Um, but then at the start, it just kind of, I suppose, whenever I want to upload, I'll upload. And I quickly learned, you know, when if you really do want to start uh, building that loyal fo following, you need to have a bit more of a, a structure, more of a schedule to things, which I've, I've tried to implement uh, recently, but it's, it is a, a lot harder than it sounds in a... Um, I suppose in a, in a in a sport that is so constantly changing. Like I might I could plan to upload Monday, Thursday, went or Monday, Thursday, Saturday. Then all of a sudden we sacked the manager on a Sunday or something. You know, there's always going to be that something that will um, throw it out the window. But I'd be lying if I said there was any sort of a plan whatsoever uh, when I first started. Yeah, because I like say with myself now I try and upload every Friday if I can. Um, maybe it's every second Friday. Maybe it could it could go two or three weeks, and it could be difficult to keep it to the schedule of once a week, but. Whereas you could have gone with that approach of taking it once a week, but you've have it now where, as you said, it could just be whatever happens. You've nearly got to be on it. You know, as you said, if a manager is sacked, if Harry Kane comes out and he says that he wants to leave Tottenham or whatever, if he signs a new contracts, you've got to be on that straight away. Yeah, and, and that's I think that that's the best and the worst part about it. Because it's the best way in that the fact that I, I, I feel like I have been so on the ball, especially throughout the, the transfer window, which is kind of the, the most active and, and, and best part for my channel, I feel like there does become that, you can call it a reliance on my channel to get that news out there, but also that thing of if someone sees something on um, online or they, they hear something from a friend straight away, it's like, oh, well, Matt will be talking about that, so you know, let's go and see what the what the situation is or something like that. And it's it's an honour and a privilege that for some people that like have reached out to me and said I'm their their main source of info uh, when it comes to things like that is fantastic. But there also is in the worst part in, in two ways there can be a sense of guilt if I'm 
you know, if I'm at work and we sign a player or if I'm out with friends and, and something happens and I, I don't really want to jump on or I can't jump on straight away, I kind of feel as though I'm, I'm, I'm letting the viewers down. But also in the transfer window with Spurs, there's a new story every day. Like when it went back to when you're trying to point your new manager, there's a week or two there with uh, Antonio Conte and Mauricio Pochettino where every six hours the story was changing and I was uploading or live streaming two or three times a day. And what I felt towards the end of the window is just I was completely burnt out and completely drained from having to do that at, at times was 11, 12 videos a week and then trying to work on top of that and also trying to have a social life, uh, living yeah. out with friends for the summer as well. And it, it was really difficult to balance and I'm kind of feeling the effects of that at the moment that I'm, I've taken a step back and I'm, I'm not putting as much up in the channel, but I feel maybe that's just the way it has to be uh, in, in terms of getting the, the kind of main uh, prioritizing my content, the main bit that people want the most, get that out there as much as possible, and then maybe take the foot off the gas um, in the kind of in the normal season time as well. Definitely, yeah, because that is, is as you said, that burnout it, it can it, it can it can kind of hinder you as well because you'd see we saw over no I I was one of them as well setting up a podcast or people setting up a YouTube channel say over uh, lockdown when COVID first hit. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, were, there was a lot of people going kind of hammer and tongs, throwing out podcasts, say, every two, three days. And all of a sudden you get burnt out and yeah. you've gone a month and you've uploaded 10 or you uploaded eight or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're nearly, not that you're running out of ideas, but you're just kind of like, I've, I've given what I can now. I could do with a break from this. Like. It, it, it really is the way. And I, I think... There's also a sense of, in, in very small factions of, of my following, there's almost a sense of entitlement uh, when it comes to content creators that, you know, I watch you, I enjoy watching your videos. It's almost, you know, my routine that I, I watch you on a Friday evening. So if there's no video there, that's your fault. And why aren't you uploading? Because I want to watch it. And again, that's, that's a really small faction of that. And that kind of, you know, they might, someone might say to you saying, oh, but I need to watch your video on a Friday. So please can you upload? They might think it's a, it's a nice thing and it's a motivating thing for you. But it's kind of a case of, well, if I do that now one week, I'll just have to keep it up and I have to keep going. And it can be really difficult to, to maintain that, like for, for the reasons I said before. And um, it's just, it really is so many different things that come with the, the positives and the negatives when, when you're doing something like this. Absolutely. Um, let's just look at, I had it in my head there. As I said, I don't write down these questions. So if I'm jumping around different topics and sometimes things can come back to you. bounce out of my head. But um, if we go back to your time in UL um, and talk to me about, look, at whether, whether you were in UL or not, you said you had that love for journalism. So it was always a path that you were going to go down to come on to doing like a Tottenham blog say. But do you think UL, going to UL and doing a couple of years in the journalism course helped you to to go and do that then? Yeah, it, it definitely played a part. And I feel if I finished that course, there might have been a, a, a bit of a more different outcome. But there, there's so much that I learned in there that, that I, I bring into things nowadays, even when it's just the, the simple case of, you know, drawing people in. We learn in the first module, your first headline, your first line of an article, you have to draw people in. It's kind of bringing that into the, into the video side of things as well. And it's just these, it, it would be kind of hard to turn, you know, list everything that I've learned and everything that I uh, I feel I still implement on, on what I do today, but there's just so many little different snippets that you kind of take. And it could be the stuff that you, you don't even think you're going to use, that you might be doing a video one day and you remember what was said to you in that class one day, or you remember that suggestion um, a, a classmate made or something that you kind of bring into it. And I feel when I consciously utilize that stuff in my videos, I might get 500 extra, extra views or I might get 20 extra subscribers off it. And I, I do feel I'm lucky to have that behind me. And again, I probably should have finished the course and partly wishes that I did. Um, but I'm glad that I was able to take something from the uh, from the time that I did spend there. Yeah, it's interesting what you said there as well, because you'd think 
that you'd be you'd be going straight for like say oh yeah uh, help me with my editing or help me with my you know uh, whatever be audio visual sort of stuff but it is just small little bits as you said like a headline or it's you see on youtube videos without what's the word uh without kind of clickbaiting someone you know you still have to have that the, the main line in what you're going to be saying yeah. and, and draw them in and you might not say it until 10 minutes into a 12 minute video but you're still it still has to be there as well yeah and, and I, I think that trying to find that balance between like I said it, it kind of is clickbaiting but it kind of isn't clickbaiting because like at the, at the end of the day every good title has to have an element to clickbait because otherwise no one's going to click on it and you do have to kind of draw people in like that and it's it's finding that balance between going all out you know full-on clickbait and that's saying this outrageous thing that obviously isn't true and trying to actually get the, the information across but in a way that kind of entices people to click that um it, it's difficult to find that balance but it's just again something with that you know journalism journalism experience behind me and i'm just that practice of doing every single video and, and trying to find the, the best thing that works for whether it's my click-through rate or when people get into the video the audience retention if they're jumping off straight away i, I realize okay well, maybe the title wasn't a very good reflection of what this video was actually about and just it's it's that difficult balance but again the more you do it the, the more you can kind of perfect it i suppose and that's it for this week's podcast my thanks to matt for joining me for the chat keep an eye across our social media and website for new content and click follow wherever you get your podcasts all you have to do is search for the limerick voice join us again next week and let us know what you think and for me ryan bailey it's bye for now and we'll chat to you again next week